Hi, I'm Emily Roger, host of the Boiling Point Podcast. My co-host, Dave Vale, and I will bring you thoughtful discussions with leaders who are positively impacting our world. This is The Boiling Point, where leadership and inspiration meet. <laughs> oh, Dave, here we are again. Hi. That's a new outfit. It is. <laughs> <laughs> You should. I am wearing a full-on Canadian tuxedo right now, which is kind of my signature outfit of, it's the same color denim from head to toe. Nice. That's good. Well, I got, yeah, I've got my signature working from home outfit on. And then, uh, and you know, and I, I do a lot of, a lot of the coaching I do is by phone and I really appreciate doing it by phone. And then occasionally someone will say, you know, we should do this by uh, Zoom or whatever, Teams or whatever. And I always feel the need to like put on a shirt, a proper shirt and stuff. But this is this is the attire. This is like... That's the proper shirt. That's the... So, so comfy, 100%, 100%. Even before pandemic, I've, I have worked from home for so long and I am the, uh, you know, as you know, morning person. And when I am working, even if it's on just phone calls and nobody is seeing me, I need to be dressed have my hairbrush, like feel professional in order to sit down at my office and work. So even if nobody sees me throughout the day, like when people, and I mean, to each their own, I could not work in my pajamas. <laughs> and actually, I'm glad you bring that up because if I ever talked to you some point, I said, you know what, I was coaching so-and-so and I was in my pajamas. That's when you say, okay, Dave, uh, and each to their own. But in my case, there's a line I have around that because you got to make the, even, even the, the walking down the stairs into the home office. And, and this is my home office is separate from the rest of the house is important because it kind of gets, I don't know. I find it gets me in the right frame of mind. Yeah. You know, like I don't, I don't want to be doing it from, you know, like the living room or whatever. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah. The environment and the way that we, I think, present ourselves. I think I would like break out into a sweat if I had to uh, like try and do a coaching call in like, <laughs> I was talking to a client, great guy. We, we were really good friends as well, but we were just getting to know each other and I was coaching him. And I know we're going to talk about coaching with the guests that's coming up. You know, I was not in my pajamas, but I wasn't like dressed up. And he's a you know a very wealthy, successful guy. And all of a sudden he goes, and which which really doesn't have anything to do with the story other than he goes, let's do a, can we do, I want to quickly show you this on Zoom. I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm like, I'm not prepared to be, you know, because uh, I just felt like, and it was like a good, a good little lesson in just be prepared. Someone might, you know, hit you up on Zoom anytime. <laughs> uh, actually, David Savoy, I've told him. Okay. Yeah. You know, we were just getting to know each other kind of professionally and he, he had no problem with it, but I was just not, it was me feeling inadequate. Right. And, you know, <laughs> right. Like, like I should be, I should look more professional. Yeah. <laughs> well, the things we go through and the, the doubts we have and all those sorts of things. So I'm, I'm just seeding some topics that might come up. And I will warn listeners, our guest may turn into a host and, uh, and switch roles on one of us. So we have to be prepared for that. He's probably run off to put on like a ball gown or something after hearing this conversation. <laughs> okay, so speaking of next guest, Marianne Iveson, what a treat to have you here. Welcome to the boiling point. Thank you for having me. Also, what if I what if I appeared and I was wearing like just I changed into my pajamas just to like spite you guys? <laughs> that you know what? That would have been karma. Like we would have just been yeah. uh, like 
we got to change this whole intro bit. We would have gone and re-recorded the whole thing. So that, <laughs> that would have been good. That would have been really good. But you don't look like you're in a pajamas. You look very, very proper and dressed up. And in your, you said in your last professional environment, meaning uh, not a studio environment, but like where you do podcasts and that sort of thing. Is that what you said? Yeah. So I'm in my uh, my second bedroom, and I'm sure it'll come up in the actual interview too. And why this is special to me, but I'm in my office technically. And so my my setup at my actual desk is just like my like USB microphone, my Rode. So I don't have to really worry about echo or sound in, in this case, but it still sounds good. But I have like a little sound, not proofed booth, but like a sound treated booth right next to me with my my fancy Sennheiser microphone. Uh, that And it looks like it's a shotgun microphone. It's really great for voiceover. They use it in, in movies. But that's more the professional thing where I have to actually worry about sound and what it picks up. But here is just like I get to sit in my chair and I get to just like chat with you. And sounds great. From Does it sound okay? Good. Yeah. Good. Where, where where are you like what like where are you located? I'm in Ottawa. Yeah, and that's how Emily and I met actually. Several okay. years. Yeah. So Marianne and I, we know each other and but our first encounter <laughs> I was living outside of Ottawa. I just moved there. The Gatineau area has incredible ski trails for classic and skate ski and ice skate ski but not very well. Like it is, it is a full body workout. It is way harder than what it needs to be. I see people go gracefully. That is not me. Like every muscle hurts by the time I'm done. Like even my toes, there's so much effort that goes into Mm -hmm. it. And so Mm -hmm. I signed up for skate ski lessons in a group lesson. And that is how I met Marianne. And it was like, just this like immediate connection of like, We are friends. We are two peas in a pod. It was love at first sight. And our poor instructor then had to put up with the two of us. We annoyed him so much. And you know what's ironic still is that I do, uh, his name's Liam, and he's been a guest on my podcast. We're we're, we're all friends. Uh, I go to his Saturday morning ski club training, and he's coached Emily. And I don't know if he's coaching you now, but he's coached Emily for trail running. So I have to say a big shout out to like the Ottawa Gatineau Chelsea outdoor community. It's so small and it's so welcoming and so wonderful. That's why I live here is for the outdoor community. And that's a whole big part of, you know, what I do and why I do it and why I live here. And just the power of community and the power of like going out and trying something new and just being open to meet people. And then, yeah, the connections that are, that are then made. So with that, Marianne, obviously I know you, this is Dave's first time meeting you. And for the listeners, give us an intro. So I, I, I guess you could say it's, I haven't really labeled it quite yet, but you could say I'm an audio professional more than anything. So I come from a 12 year radio background. I did radio full time for, for a while. I love that career. And then the, the, the last few years I was in it, I was like, I don't know what's going to be next. And it was kind of like simmering in the back of my head thinking, I'm not going to have to worry about this for a long time. But I was laid off in 2021 in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, and then I moved over to voiceover. I, I feel like I, I feel like you're going to ask me these questions, so I'll make it a little bit shorter. Um, yeah. But anyway, so uh, entrepreneurship from radio to entrepreneurship. And I've started a voiceover business. Um, I do radio contract work now, actually, too. And I started a podcast called Let's Take This Outside about a year ago. And I cannot believe where it is now. 
but I love them all for different reasons. It's all audio. It's, I can do all of it in my pajamas. At this point, I don't record video. Everyone's like, you got to record video for YouTube. I'm like, because one of the reasons I'm resistant to the videos, I'm like, I just, I just like showing up in my booth and just not caring what I look like, but I need to change that mentality. But overall, I'm a, I'm a audio professional and I work from, from Ottawa. You can get a haircut like me and you don't have to worry about that because it'll be always the same whether you just roll out of bed or eight <laughs> o'clock at night. So just, just saying. Good call. Good call. So wow. What a, what a leap. Like when you take, when you say I did radio, like what is, like, what does that mean exactly? Like, you, like, sure. you like host or hostess or whatever. Yeah, I was on the air. So I did everything from, I've done, I did mornings for years. I did middays. I did evenings. I did overnights. I did afternoon live radio and your live radio. Yeah. Live radio, pre-recorded radio, all of it. I did a little bit of promotion when I started my career, but otherwise I was on the air most of my career and I did every format too. I did rock. I did pop. I did uh, mostly country actually. I don't know if you like country music or not, but that was most of my career. And now that I do, I do contract work again. I'm doing country. I'm doing pop. But yeah, I was I was on the air. I was a you could call uh, what what would you call me? Um, an on air personality. But yeah, that's what I did for a long time, and it feels like a different a different lifetime. I was just thinking though, like I'm I'm guessing that would be that experience um, would be so helpful to like podcasting and that sort of thing. Like just being used to being on the air, you know, sometimes live. Mm-hmm. You know, like it just would prepare you to probably jump into any scenario almost because i i found like you know i'm thinking a long time ago you know mm-hmm. someone interview live on radio and i can um appreciate when people say it feels really awkward to be on video or whatever because i remember like kind of freezing up initially thinking oh my gosh people listen what do i say you know and and i was like uh, i think i was being interviewed about uh, hockey and whitehorse yukon when i by the cbc or something like that but it was it was that feeling like i'm talking to this microphone and a bunch of people are listening at the same time and i just that has to be so such fertile learning ground for for jumping mm. on podcasts and that sort of thing would be. Yeah, I would I would credit my radio career to how comfortable I am in a microphone. I would say, right? The ability to be natural, the the ability to be a storyteller, the ability to to interview, I would say is one of the biggest things be able to be able to talk to people and have the conversation know flow naturally and those dead space, you know, it's it's hard. It's a it's a whole like interviewing people is a whole other skill, right? So mm-hmm. I would attribute my radio career to to that, but also that I, you know, that I worked really, really hard, right? And I worked full time in that career from the time I was like 20 years old, right? So I would attribute a lot of radio to a lot of the skills that I use every single day. And I have no regrets about how it all worked out. How did you get into the radio to begin with? So it's funny because I thought it wasn't until high school. Then I found a picture of myself and I'm uh, just like this little, little with it. And I'm wearing just like a onesie, but it was, it was Christmas time. And I'm wearing this little onesie and I have like little mullet. I was probably like five years old. And you know, those play school recorders, it was like red and blue and white. Do you remember those? And you could like, there was like a microphone and you could talk over it and record. You can record the radio, record your voice. So I had one of those. And I remember when I was a kid, I would like record over songs and pretend I was on the radio. So I think it started way back then. I'll have to show you a picture, Emily. Yeah. I always thought like I wanted to do like kinesiology or science because I love sports. And I was like not great at science. I always excelled in like English and and more like eh, more the arts. So I decided to go into I was like, I'm going to do communications uh, and I ended up co-oping in a radio station near my hometown in Chatham, Ontario. 
And I'm like, I kind of like this. I like these people. This seems to fit. I applied to radio school. I went to Conestoga in Kitchener. And that's where I completely and utterly excelled in, in production and on air. And I absolutely loved it. And it was other kind of weirdos like me. You know, I, I was the kind of kid that would like, not kid, I was at, you know, 18 or 19 years old. And I would take a bus like an hour across Kitchener just to like intern and learn. And, you know, I did a lot of on, on the ground training. And from there, I, you know, I, I've jumped all over the place. I've moved probably, you know, 10, 10 times all over Ontario and uh, ended up in Ottawa about 10 years ago and never left. You get this really good um, education, I guess. What happened? Like, how did the the career end? You just described jumping into entrepreneurship. Was it uh, what? What kind of caused the transition? I guess it's hard for me to know for sure because they ended up hiring me back on contract. So I think that probably means that it had nothing to do with me and more just to do with budgets. But I try not to think about it too much. But um, I worked for a company called Bell Media. And here's the thing, and I'm not just going to say them, it's just media in general, radio specifically, there's been a lot of cuts. And I was part, uh, I think there's about, I don't remember, maybe 100 or so across Canada that that layoff. Yeah, it was February 2021. It was so weird because I got an email from my general manager. And it's like, you see your coworkers get laid off every year for years, and you never think it's going to be you. And I remember getting that email and thinking like, it's my time. And like, I remember I just kind of blacked out for probably 24 hours or so. And I just like went in and they like hand you the papers and you know what's happening. And they hand you the papers and you're like, I can't believe like I, I'm one of these people. Like I can't. Mm. Yeah. It was kind of like this surreal experience because again, middle of the pandemic, we were not really, any of us are really mentally well at that point, it's February, it's dark, it's not like things aren't going very well. I had some personal things happen as, as well. So it wasn't a great, it wasn't a great time. You know, it was wild. And Emily and I talked about this too, is I remember from the moment I got laid off and thinking about those last couple of years being like, what am I going to do afterwards? I'm like, oh, this is your chance. Despite being in a complete, crazy, anxious hole, I was like, this is where you try something else. This is it. Luckily, I had a, a bit of severance and I was able to take some time off, but I didn't really take time off. All I was doing was networking and reaching out and figuring it out and being like, do I want to jump into it, uh, into a full-time job again? What, like, what do I want to do? There was that weird transition point and that, and that anxiety. And I don't know if I jumped to entrepreneurship in the healthiest mindset by any means, but my gut was saying, you need to try something else. And I think there was a bit of maybe sp- Bite and anger that drove the you're not working for anyone else you're gonna work for yourself <laughs> to be honest what's so interesting about that is that and i've probably said this too many times on this podcast over the years but i, I was employed for all of 18 months uh in my adult life and i felt more insecure about my future when i was employed and it's just and it's nothing to do with and it was all about me than i do being self-employed like some people would say well you don't have the security, but I'm like, I never really felt secure because I remember getting an email once where you know, I was reporting to someone new. And, and I, to be fair, I wasn't, I don't, I wouldn't probably hire myself. Uh, well, I wouldn't hire myself. And the, the email was from this guy who was running stuff from the States and it was on fire and veil. Like he sent it to the, he sent it to me by accident. Right. And, and I, the feeling you had, I was like, Oh my God. So I was like, <laughs> what do I do with this? Right. So I forwarded it on. The, some a VP, and I, I said, you know, 
like I, I be, you know, I'd be even very apologetic and it was like a wrong way to let someone go. <laughs> so I kind of had that in my back pocket, but I was just, it was just, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like I don't feel secure and bam, like that coming out of left field. Like when you're describing it, I'm like, oh yeah, I could totally relate to that. So you go to entrepreneurship and then, you know what, that's, that's, and you, you hadn't done anything. You know, it's wild. And as you mentioned that, the media industry is very, and not just radio, t- TV, you know, digital is completely taken over. It is the future. Creating your own content is the future. Owning your own content, I think, is super important as well. It's crazy sometimes. I speak to some like former coworkers or friends who are still in it. And I'm not saying I'm never go- like I. I can't tell the future. I have no idea what my future holds. Maybe I'll work for a big company. I, I have no idea. Um, but I see f- people with so much anxiety about getting fired and losing uh, their jobs, and I'm like. Oh, I'm like, it's actually, even though entrepreneurship is the hardest thing I've ever done, I would rather be on the side of being in control <laughs> than yeah. someone else controlling my my future. Because that, yeah, again, seeing people lose their jobs every year and being and like knowing what time of year it happens, right? That's so yeah. anxiety inducing, so unnecessary. So at this point where I am, I'm like, no, no, I'm much, and I, I, I do know factually that I'm, I'm where I'm meant to be. Yeah. And I mean, I can relate to all of that as well mm-hmm. from being, which feels like a lifetime ago, an employee to now, yeah, an entrepreneur and thinking, gosh, like there are moments where fear sets in or mm-hmm. self-doubt sets in. And I think, oh my gosh, Emily, no, you need to get an, in my mind, I'm saying a normal job, which, what does that even mean? And <laughs> then it's like, and Marianne, you and I have had these conversations of like when those moments pop up and what we do in, in those moments, but the majority of the time, 95% of the time, it's like, I could not, I mean, hundred percent of the time, I could not imagine not doing what I do. It's it's funny because I reflect on this sometimes. So, you know, when I first started out, every day was get a real job, get a real job every day, right? Like multiple times a day, get a real job. What are you doing? Get a real job. And then eventually it was like once a week, get a real job, right? That anxiety, that yeah. that, gut, that gut punch, right? Uh, now it's like once a month. So I still... <laughs> So I still get it, but now it's like less frequent. I'm like, and I recognize usually it's from, it's just like stories I tell myself. It's anxiety that, you know, it's maybe financial insecurity or maybe it's a slower time in my business. And it's like, what are you doing? Why? But like, it, unfortunately it still happens and I hope it goes away one day, but now it's like once a month and I'm like, it's like that like goblin in the corner of the room. I'm like, I see you. Like, I know you're there, but like, we'll just live with each other and I'll just accept that we're, that this is still a thing. I think it's a healthy thing. Like for me personally, like I, same thing, you know? Really? What? Oh yeah. Why am I doing this? This is crazy. You know, why, why don't I just go back to just being me as a co, you know, like all these things like, you know, and then I go, well, no, I don't want that, you know, or, you know, what my wife would often say, you know, Dave, we can always get jobs. And it's just like, at one point I said, please don't say that anymore. Cause I find that so depressing because <laughs> I don't know what that like to your, I guess I always point like, I don't even know what that really means. Like, and people love being, you know, like there's great employers and there's great employment mm-hmm. opportunities. So I, I'm not just, just everyone's built a little differently. So for me, I just, because I haven't had that experience, I don't know what that would be, but I kind of use it as uh, you know, yeah, I'm, ha- I'm choosing to do this. So kind of put your big boy pants on and just get out there and, you know, yes, there's going to be a little risk, Dave, like, you know, and I go through this whole process, but, but I find for myself, as time goes on, like you're able to get out of that thinking sooner and faster than maybe I would have 
15 years ago. Yeah. What is it for you guys? Like what, what gets you out of that? There's something, you know, that kind of can, can pull you out of that, that downward spiral of thinking. It's a mix of maybe some, like, you know, calling Emily, calling someone that I know and trust. It's so, you know, what's ridiculous is you know, I, I even had a coaching call the other day, like with a, with a voiceover coach. And voiceover by far is a thing that is the hardest for me. It is, you know, it's, it's acting, it's, it's a skill that like takes so much work. It's extremely competitive. Um, and it's something that I struggle with the most. So I was, you know, sitting in with a voiceover coach at the end of it. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm still struggling. It's been kind of a slow couple months. And she's like, no, no, you can't quit. Like you're on the brink of something bigger. Like you're going to be okay. It's so wild to me that people around me believe in me sometimes more than I believe in myself. Mm-hmm. I really try to tap into the people that I love or who love me, who, whether it's physically calling them or being like, oh no, like my coach just said, like she truly believes in me. Right. So I think reminding myself that it's hard to see it in yourself. So if other people are telling you this and aren't bullshitting mm-hmm. you, you have to remind yourself of that. You're like, oh, well, everyone else believes in me, even if I don't believe in myself right now. Maybe I guess they're right, right? Like that's one of the things I tap into. I think I think for me, there's a few things. Um, one would be to expect opposition mm-hmm. and expect opposition from myself in that mm-hmm. I know that those feelings are going to come up. Like all of those self-doubts, like that's normal. But then, okay, if I can expect it, if I can have a plan as to then how to deal with it. And then mm-hmm. what that plan is, is, like taking my thoughts captive and like that story, that narrative that we then can spiral into of like knowing ahead of time what the pattern of that is and being able to just catch myself in it to just kind of, yeah, cast down that imagination of where my mind can so easily go. And I think for me, it's that like every single day being intentional in the morning of like what it is that ultimately I am doing through my work and just staying so clear on that and the passion behind what I do and how it is just a part of me. So to not do it, to go and get that like normal job, that real job that like, I would basically be like giving myself up. (laughs) It would have to be the perfect job. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Let, what have you been learning, Marianne, about being in this, you know, kind of self-employed world and, and, and embracing entrepreneurship? I saw the most hilarious Instagram reel or it was like a TikTok the other day. And the guy was like, 
meet my team. And he was like, he had like a mustache on. He's like marketer. And then like the next one, he's wearing like a hat. He's like, he's like, I'm the voiceover artist. And then it's like, I'm the salesman. And he's wearing like something else. It's just like the funny. And like, I know you can't see it, but it's, it just makes me laugh. So what have I learned in this? I feel like I'm just learning as I go and learning. Luckily, I'm a pretty organized person. So that helps a lot, especially with like accounting and invoicing all those things. But learning to be uncomfortable, learning to realize like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing, uh, reaching out for help uh, when you need it. I I learned especially about myself that I'm super competitive and that I love winning and that I love going for the chase. I love putting myself out there. You know, if I'm doing like 10 to 20 auditions a day, right? Like that's just part of the process. But like, I love, I love just taking a shot every single day. Entrepreneurship itself. Yeah. I I just, it's a lot harder than I think people think it it is. I would say like once a month, a couple of times a month, people will reach out to me and be like, Hey, I'd love to do some like voiceover on the side, which is totally fine. I'm happy to like offer up, but I don't think people realize how hard it is. Like to give you an idea, just voiceover alone, you, you know how hard podcasting is, right? You know how hard, how many pieces that takes to do a professional podcast, right? It's not just turn on the microphone and then you're good. There's so much planning around it. Um, so voiceover alone, right? So it's kind of chicken and egg situation. Like, sure, you need good uh, equipment and a good sound treated because like that's a huge part of it. Um, but you also need good quality demos, but then you also need to... So where do you get the demos from? You have to pay for the demos or do you have to practice or like, where do you get jobs from? And there's so many different avenues to it and you're constantly learning and upgrading and figuring it out. I think it's constantly just learning and figuring out how to upgrade your business. What is worth investing money into? At this point, I'm still a sole proprietor. I'd love to incorporate in the next couple of years. Learning about that, right? Learning about taxes, learning about write-offs, learning about all the all that dumb stuff that I don't want to. All I know is that it's all really important. And when I don't know the answer to reach out and ask for help is a big part of it. Or as I, I love to say, everything is figure outable. That's one of the things I try to remind myself. Everything is figure outable. The one thing I, that, that I figured out about myself is way better to get someone in there that knows what they're doing. And just, and there's this whole fractional world where you can get a really strong bookkeeper or early days. I tried to do too much by myself and I found that to be really challenging. What do you struggle with? Like, what do you need help with? Uh, everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, like communication strat. like I got, you know, really good people. I mean, we've grown over the years. So it, you know, just people that play to their strengths. So like, for example, like having John Viev supporting our tech on this would be really critical because uh, Emily and I would be, it would be a disaster. If we were trying to do that. As an example, like, and I look at the business, uh, we made some mistakes early on where, you know, some, it's not someone's skill set who did the bookkeeping. And then we, you know, year end we go and the accountant goes, it's going to cost us like 10 grand just to figure this stuff out. If I made half that investment in a good bookkeeper, uh, we'd have been fine. Right. So those are the things just, just getting a good lawyer to look at contracts, all those kinds of things, you know, that's, that's been my personal experience is, and probably cause I'm not maybe as disciplined as it sounds like you are. And like, I'll try to figure stuff out. I'm like, oh my God, this is way over my head. So, <laughs> but you know, then being knowing what you are good at and trying to stay in that lane to the, to the degree you can. No, I mean, I am big on outsourcing for sure. There are certain things that I have no interest in doing and people are really good at. So yeah, when it comes to accountants and bookkeepers and like, 
in it. Uh, otherwise, I would spend so much time trying to figure it out. And I love to figure things out and do things on my own, but recognizing of where is my time most valuable and not just to me, but ultimately for other people. And so even with coaching, it's like if I'm spending X amount of time trying to figure out my own invoicing and all of that kind of stuff and bookkeeping, then I'm taking time away that I can be coaching clients or giving a keynote or doing this and like other things that like I can create more of an impact on. Yeah. One of the things that I find really impactful is um, I teamed up with a great company here called SoundOff. They, uh, my friend, Matt Kundal, who was in the radio industry forever, but he runs a, a podcast company here and his team, his team actually like edits my podcast for me. They, they do the actual editing, but like I do the rest of it. Right. But that saves me. Like I could technically edit my own podcast. I know I have the skills for it, but like, oh, I just don't have to, I don't want to do it. Or if I'm like voicing an audiobook or a long narration, like I would much rather or outsource a producer. And at the same time, I'm sure Emily, you agree too. Then you're supporting other entrepreneurs and other, other people as well. Yeah. And I have a friend who is a, is a, a great producer. And I've been like referring her to other people to produce like demos and I'll be hiring her myself for stuff. In the beginning though, it's really hard though, to be like, oh, like, you know, I'm not really making more, like, I can't really afford it. But you're like, it's this, it's this give and take. It depends where you are. It depends what the budget looks like. For me right now, it's still figuring out like, what's like, what am I spending money on? Right. I mean, it'll be interesting to talk to you 10 years from now, but I suspect that probably won't change. It's just, it'll be a different yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Because you'll be, you know, and like, at least that's my experience is there's always something and you're like, ah, is that a worthwhile investment? You know, and you know, but I think there's a real advantage to just not having a, like just having a very narrow set of skills, mm -hmm. like in my case, and there's all this <laughs> stuff I'm like, man, I have no idea how to like put up a website, mm -hmm. like no right. clue. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and I feel bad for people like sounds like yourself. And I don't know if Emily, I think Emily's maybe more in my camp, but yeah. <laughs> they can do a whole bunch of things. To me, that's the yeah. curse, right? Because it's, you know, even in my house, it's like, I have no idea how to fix yeah. that. I don't have the tools. But I, I know some really good people that are really good at doing the stuff and we'll do it in half the time and it'll actually work, you know, whatever that thing is. I'm pointing to the cabinet right there over there that's been broke, you know, bust for probably three weeks. <laughs> I was just going to say my, I have, I have a virtual assistant who helps me out with, she's wonderful. She helps me with marketing and helps me out with like ideas and writing. And she's, and she's also just one of those people that like pokes me and she's like, Hey, we need to do this. Like, Hey, you said you want to start a newsletter for your mm. podcast. Are we doing that? I'm like, ugh, right. I'm just like, fine. <laughs> At this point, like my voice and like your coaching, Emily, like my voice is my product, right? When I'm turning around auditions, I don't have time to set off the, like when I do auditions, I turn them around within like an hour within like, you know, they're, they're, they're fast. So I have to do a lot of stuff on my own and I am the product, you know, I am the face of my podcast. I'm the voice of my podcast, right? So yeah. it's, it's also hard to, especially when like your voice, like that, that's a part of it, right? Like that is the, that's what you're selling is you. And then how important it is to have the right team. Because when you are your own personal brand, then you have to have a team that can really see that. We dig into that. Like, I know you've talked about this, Emily, and I'd be curious what you both, but like, you know, and you, you talked about like, you know, getting over self-doubt and all these sorts of things, like, mm -hmm. we, you know, like everyone. I, I expect it's even harder if you are the brand. It's easier when you're promoting, and it's part of why I said vision coaching, not veil coaching, because it's, it's somehow if someone's saying no to that, it feels less personal, even though, you know, on some level, like how, do, how, how does that play in when you're the brand and someone's saying no to 
your voiceover, they're, you know, on some level, it must feel very personal. And so what's mm. the process to, to, to not take it personally and to not let that inner critic start to grow and, and tell you, you're you know, not worthy of this business or sure. whatever? So I would say podcasting and voiceover a little bit different. So voiceover is very much for me. And I've kind of, um, you know, there's some roles that I audition for and I'm like, I want this so bad. This is perfect for me. Don't get it. Right. Like, but for, for most of the time I send it off and forget about it because that it's so unhealthy to hang on to those. How I look at it, if like a casting director, maybe you were chicken that day and they were looking, they wanted steak. So that's how I look at it is mm. like you weren't just weren't what they needed or maybe you weren't showing up the way you should have today. So that's why it's really important to like show up the best as yourself because they're also hiring like your voice and your per like and the what you bring to the script, right? So it's definitely personal too. And like sometimes you get a little pang, right? Like say my agent's like, hey, you were shortlisted for this. He's like, hey, you didn't get it. There's like that, ooh, as long as I'm in a good mood that day, that'll fuel me forward. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with podcasting, like I've, uh, I'm just signing on my third sponsor next week, which is like absolutely wild with some really, really great brands. So that is hard for me when I'm like pitching sponsorships is because like the podcast is kind of like my heart outside of my body. And it's like something like I love so much and it's so like creative and personal to me in those conversations, like Emily would know that's a little bit tougher because there's so much more every time I output something, there's so much like there's all of me is in the output and in that audio and what I'm creating. Right. But generally speaking, like, I think I have a pretty healthy confidence in what I'm doing that I'm good enough that sometimes I'm just not the flavor that they need. Yeah. A lot of therapy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even joking. <laughs> no, I know that. I know that joke because you talk about it. That's what makes it. Yeah. And working with a coach. <laughs> it's like, yeah, definitely. That like that steak or chicken analogy. And that I think for sure, Dave, to your question that it could be easy to take it personal. And for me, it took me a long time. I think I still am kind of accepting that like, no, Emily Roger is mm -hmm. the brand. And so that, yeah, if I get asked to do a keynote and then we, you know, do an interview and then I don't get picked for it. And there for sure can be that feeling immediately of, but why not? And then but then it's always at the end, I'm like, oh, that actually wasn't the fit for me. And that that is okay. And it's the same as like, maybe it's for coaching. There are hundreds of thousands of phenomenal coaches out there and other people to have what's best for them. The same as I would want who is best for me in whatever given season that is. Yeah. To not kind of let those things get to you. It's like, I actually had a a client reach out yesterday who I had an intro call with like gosh, a year and a half ago yesterday. They're like, Oh yeah, I'm ready to start coaching. And it's like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Like you just, you never know when, when things are going to unfold, everything you learn from everything is experience. Yeah. Like Marianne and I asked ahead of time if, if, or if I can mention it just because of client confidentiality, but you were a client, a coaching client of mine after we met. And I remember those initial conversations before podcasting was even a thought for you. And you were like, should I invest in a microphone? It was <laughs> like, so early. It was so early in days. Yeah. Yeah. Now, like it's not yeah. even two years later. And wow. Signing <laughs> a third sponsor. Like, awesome. You know, we mentioned coaching a couple of times already and coaching with you. But, you know, what's wild is like actually looking back at those conversations and remembering our conversations. I 
think just having your support was such a big part of that, right? Having your support and like the belief in me and that I could do it. But also a big part of why I loved coaching so much with you was that it's like, even just like connecting with other entrepreneurs and being like, you're not alone is such a huge part of like the confidence, right? Mm. I think it's really important to build a network of other people in what you're doing. Um, Like I have a, I have like several different kind of pockets of other voiceover artists that I connect with on a regular basis. Otherwise, when you work from home and you are working a lot, you're technically working alone. One of the things I miss most is like people and coworkers, right? So I think it's really important to connect with people and being like, oh, I'm not alone. And these struggles are very normal because it's really easy to get into your head. It's really easy to get into your head, but it's also fascinating for me. I love connecting with people in different areas and different pockets because the same struggles of entrepreneurship are across the board. It doesn't have to be in voiceover. It doesn't have to be in audio. It could be anything. It could be like a bakery. It could be anything. Like we're all kind of in this together and figuring it out. I joined a peer group um, and they're all different uh, from different businesses, different sectors, hmm. all entrepreneurs. We've been meeting, I don't know, four times, five times a year for, uh, we're going on, I think we're going to our 11th year. And it's not just about the business, but it's also about our personal lives and it's a confidential forum. You know, so on top of one-to-one coaching, I agree with you whole, like wholeheartedly, Marianne. It's so nice to connect and, and hear someone else's challenges or, or wins or whatever. And know they have stuff to impart, you know, and say, oh yeah, I went through that. You know, here's some thoughts you can consider or so such a, such an important thing. I've, and because a lot of time, it is lonely. It's lonely. <laughs> it can be if you're not careful. Yeah, definitely. Uh, actually, I, I work with this great coach. I'm going to shout out to her, Barb Richards. She lives on the West Coast. She's a master certified coach. She's just brilliant. But we're launching some new services and, and they feel very personal. And I think it's, we're talking about creative tension. And she said something that I, I heard both you kind of describe, I think, is that she, she I think she, she had read it, but this idea of like when you're, you're, you're sending something out that's, you know, that creative tension is around caring about something very deeply, but also the ability to detach. And I think that's what I'm hearing in, in the way you guys are describing, like, and it's, I don't, you know, how to, how to do that exactly, I don't know, but it's almost depersonalizing and like, and, and you know, using examples like they're looking for steak and, and I'm right. chicken kind of thing, right? So Marianne, your podcast, let's, let's take this outside. It is like, I like binge listened. <laughs> to your episodes. For one, you're a phenomenal host and your guests who you have on are incredible sharing just really cool adventure stories. So what was your reason for starting the podcast? So I always joke that uh, it was started out of peer pressure, which is 100% true. Who I referred to earlier, Matt, he was like, you should start a podcast, you should start a podcast, um, and was kind of like bugging me about it. And we, at that point, we connected about voiceover, but he had this podcast company. I'm like, I will eventually, I'm still trying to figure it out. And then I was like, I'm ready. I want it to be out, about the outdoors. I want it to be about nature. I just knew exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and it was such a seamless, seamless transition into it. And Let's Take This Outside came pretty easily like the title came pretty is easily. And um, I like to say, I think it's pretty, I think it's a pretty clever title <laughs> for, for a podcast. Yeah, I love it. I think it's so, it's like, like I was, I'm glad you brought that up because it, it's so perfect because I'm like, what's this about, right? So well done. It, it's it's funny because I'm still in the process of of perfecting it. And I think it will always be that way. But luckily, you know, I have a great production team that, that helped put it together and a friend of mine voiced the intro and so luckily it sounded professional right off the bat. Like I, I have confidence in my, in my 
uh, in my skills and in my interviewing skills. And like, I have access to great guests right away. What's so cool is other people recommend other people. Like Emily, I think you recommended a couple guests already that have been really, really great. So I find that people just want to be like, oh, you should talk to this person or this person or this person, I, which is absolutely crazy because I can't believe it's got to, to this point and that people want to support it. Like, for example, one of my sponsors is called Outward Bound Training Academy for outdoor professionals. So I believe they're government funded, but essentially they have been doing training for years for for young adults who um, want to work in the outdoors. And what they're doing is phenomenal. And their next their spring and fall programs are about uh, diversity and making sure that that their training programs have people who who aren't just just white people, which you see a lot of in the outdoors, right? It's a lot of that. So. I'm really excited to to partner with like people who also believe in um, making the the outdoors more diverse, more accessible is a huge part of it too because it's something I love. Like e- even something like like e-bikes, for example. Some people are like, "Oh, I'm so against e-bikes," but I'm like, "What if someone has like mobility issues and they want to go biking with their friends, or maybe they're older and you know they they were a triathlete for years and now like their joints ache and they just want to you know get outside?" My guess is I'll probably be on an e-bike by the time I'm like in my 70s or 80s, right? So my passion for it and like what I want to talk about and what kind of guests I want to have keeps evolving as well. So I'm really excited to see where it goes in the next few years. Like I'm just setting up an interview right now. Uh, her name is Lakpa Sherpa. She is summoned Everest the most of any woman ever. She's summoned Everest 13 times. I'm really, really excited to chat with her. So I have some very cool guests coming up and yeah, no, I'm just, I'm really excited about it because like it's mine. It's like my content that I am putting out and people genuinely like connect with it. And you can tell that I like, get excited. I'm like, cause people are like, oh, I listen. And, but here's the thing about podcasts is like, say you're putting it out a podcast. And I think if your friend's want to support you, they listen once, right? They listen once. And if they really like it, they will keep listening. But most people will like listen as a favor. But the fact that people keep listening (laughs) means like, oh, it's actually good. And people actually want to consume this. So I feel very vulnerable that people actually want to listen to this, this content that I'm putting out. Well, and what I love so much about it, Marianne, is that like, and I actually... I wonder if, if I didn't know you personally and have this, is that like your energy that you bring is just palpable. It's like, I hear your voice and I start laughing. <laughs> I mean, it's like, even every time we get on the phone, we just automatically start to giggle. It's yeah, what yeah. we do. And then, we, then we settle down and get into our conversation, but it's yeah, that passion that is behind it. And when you can just really be, and when you are just really genuine about something, then I think that that really resonates with people. And you bring that to your podcast and to everything that you do. Thanks. I think authenticity and uh, being genuine is a great way to connect with people, right? I think that's a huge part of the podcast and business and uh, how you interact with clients and uh, hosts or guests or whoever it may be, right? What's the biggest thing looking back from when you were given that email? What's the biggest thing that you have learned about yourself? I think I already knew this, you know, being an adventurer, right? You do hard things. I think like I'm impressed with what what I can do. I think I've learned that I'm like, oh, I can figure things out and make it work. That's something I've learned and something that I have to tell myself and maybe Dave back to your question about like, what do you tell yourself when those self-doubt moments come in? Oh, you will make it work, right? That is kind of what I've learned is like, you have made it work 
for, you know, last year and a half, two years, if you're making it work up to this point, you will keep making it work. That's one of the things I, I've learned is that I have the capacity and I have the skills and I have the passion and I have the drive and I, I have those things to make it work. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and build some confidence too, right? Knowing that. So yeah. how do people learn more about you? Sure. Get in touch with you, sponsors, you know, reach out to you, that sort of sure. thing. Sure. So let's take this outside.ca is my podcast website. Ivisonvoice.com is my voiceover website. So I-V-I-S-O-N.com or sort Ivisonvoice.com. I'm sure you'll put it in the notes. <laughs> I'm sure you put it somewhere. Uh, that's for voiceover. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. You can you just kind of find me anywhere. And I would, I would love to chat about entrepreneurship or the outdoors. If you have a great guest idea, if you want to hire me for voiceover work too, you've had a, like an hour of, uh, of, of examples here. Um, so I'd be happy to, <laughs> yeah, I'd be happy to, to chat. Thank you so much, Marianne. Uh, yeah, I'm really happy to have you on here and that uh, we get to share you with all of the listeners. Thank you for having me. And I still, I kind of have a little bit of imposter syndrome because I know you've had some really cool guests, but I'm like, eh, I guess, I guess I belong. This is nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could say the same thing for me being on your podcast. <laughs> Perfect fit. <laughs> And so at the end of each episode, we do takeaways. So Dave, what are you taking away today from our conversation with Marianne? Oh, there's so much. There's a bunch. I think um, from the moment you, Marianne showed up on, on the screen, I just, I just felt she's very relatable. And that kind of that idea of authenticity that she just brought up. And the fact that, you know, just, you know, this thing or, you know, um, we can be enough, you know, we're resilient and uh, just tying into that, but also being confident enough to say, yeah, there's sometimes I have self-doubt creeps in. So it's kind of the, those themes really resonate with me. And I am, I'm looking forward to checking out the podcast. I hope it lives up to your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Emily? You'll really love it. Yeah, the same. So many takeaways for one is that the power of just being you and the world needs you as you professionally, personally, across the board, show up as you. And this thing around like, Resisting the resistance in, you know, Marianne, like you and I meeting while we're skate skiing and all three of us are very active people, very involved in sport and we work out and we train and we're constantly like going against resistance willingly mm -hmm. to get stronger, mm -hmm. to build stamina, to build strength, to build endurance. So we do it on this physical level, yet being able to tap into that even more on that personal, emotional, mental level that like everything that we come up against, whether it is those self-doubts or those negative beliefs or like opposition from other people, that it's all just resistance. And that like we train ourselves to go against that resistance. And that ultimately like, yeah, for you, Marianne, like you resisted your resistance to start a podcast, to do voiceovers, to all of that stuff. And here you are. It just like, Ah, love it. <laughs> well, thank you for the support. And uh, my takeaways is that I love you, Emily. And uh, I, I'm assuming the guest is not supposed to do takeaways. <laughs> but you can't. You can it. it happened. It just happened. She, she... You're the new guest slash host. Marianne. Yeah, I was, wait, I was waiting for that to happen. I was Did waiting. you know it was going to happen? I'm like, well, my takeaway. I'm like, it, I know it, I'm not. It to the very end, but it happened. <laughs> I knew. I knew. It. I'm like, I'm just going to piss them off. Wait a second. <laughs> my takeaway is that I love you, Emily. And my takeaway for Dave. <laughs> Um, Dave, I love how curious you are. 
What are you laughing you guys talk about? So on that <laughs> note, Marianne, why don't you end the podcast for us? Just take take what? it away. Jean Bieb, you are like Um I don't I don't know any of the tags for the social media. I'm so sorry. What is what's the website? Either either do I. That's why Jean Bieb does it. It's okay. It's okay. That's why that's, that's why I'm here. And it's hilarious because you guys didn't even notice where Marianne was actually throwing in her questions throughout the interview of going, Dave, what's your thoughts on that? Just She's just so natural at it. So it's perfect. It's perfect. And uh, so we're going to have all of that information. We will, Marianne, put all of your information listed and the best place for people to find that is on our website, boilingpointpodcast.com. We are active on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. We put the video versions up on YouTube and Facebook. And of course, the podcast is available on all your favorite podcast channels. Thank you for listening. Follow or subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app or visit boilingpointpodcast.com for more. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter.